This episode of the Managing Major Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have a ton of amazing new hygiene products, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, lip balm, and you can get all of those for 20% off and free shipping with the code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code MANAGINGMADRID at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. This episode is also brought to you by Royal Sonesta Washington DuPont Circle. That's right. They are proud sponsors of the Managing Madrid Podcast World Tour. They hooked us up in D.C., and we had an amazing time in Washington, D.C. You should all book your stay with them. Thanks for everyone who came out to the D.C. podcast, by the way. That was so much fun. We miss you all. And uh, we got two more podcasts coming up on the World Tour. We have Mumbai. Details will be announced this weekend. Monday at the latest, but we pretty much have the venue wrapped up. We're also opening up a secret second podcast, which you have to have access uh, to the first podcast to have access to the second one, and it's limited seats. I think we're only we're capping that at 15, maximum 20. That one's going to be much more intimate. Uh, but Mumbai, that's in the show notes to book your spot, and Toronto is the last weekend of May. That's the end of the season podcast, uh, and that is coming up as well. So if you're in Ontario or any other province in Canada or you don't in D, in uh, Detroit on the other side of Niagara Falls or whatever. If you're close by, uh, make a trip to Toronto. That's the last stop in the podcast world tour, and that's your last chance to meet us. So Mumbai and Toronto is in the show notes. Again, thank you to Royal Sonesta, Washington, D.C. Make sure to book your stay if you're staying in D.C. with them. And today's episode is a uh, all about controversies. <laughs> Maridis is licking their lips because all of the controversies are about someone that is not them, and it's spearheaded by the captain of the eternal rival. But it obviously affects Real Madrid in a few ways, which we break down on the upcoming podcast. So kick back, enjoy it, and let's go. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. So he ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1, some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website, frustrate podcast as well, of course Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a Saturday edition of the Managing Madrid Podcast. I'm your host, Keon Subani. We have no games this week, not, I mean, no Real Madrid games, there is a very big Copa del Rey final happening later. But, um, you know, we thought we'd give this opportunity. No games. It's a very rare thing to happen for us. Uh, we wanted to put something out there, and we decided to roll with it. what is, in my opinion, the biggest news, or at least should be the biggest news, that is somewhat related to Real Madrid. And it's not Antonio Rodiger, and it's not uh, anything else. It's it's just PK-gate. As you, I don't know if Ewan McTeer coined it or if that's been coined already, but Ewan is here joining me today, and Ewan's going to help us break this down. Ewan, is that something you coined, PK Gate? Because I've been rolling with that term. I mean, that's kind of what I called it, but I'm sure it's been called that by others too. I mean, PK Gate rolls off the tongue a bit better than PK and Rubiales Gate, which really it is because it's all about the two of them. But uh, yeah, let's call it PK Gate for for now. It's a bit bit catchier. Well, we're going to go through all of these leaks. I guess I'll just ask you this first. Does any of this surprise you? Or would you look at somebody like PK and be like, yeah, I could see that. I could see him doing that. No, I mean, 
nothing really surprises us, I don't think, about any of these leaks, really. Um, they're shocking that they've been released and re that we can actually listen to the voice messages, even more than just a text report in a newspaper. Um, but I think at the end of the day, no one is... is uh, people are shocked as in shocked as in outraged, but people aren't, I don't think, shocked as in surprised because we know the kind of um, things that go on in the background and this is kind of what a lot of people suspected might be happening and now there's some proof. I I guess I'm not surprised necessarily, but I am surprised as as to the degree of what we're hearing. Um, and so so that's something we're going to get into. I um, So I have this set up chronologically from day one since we got the leaks. Uh, the other question I wanted to ask you before we jump right into these leaks and kind of break them down. This is all through WhatsApp, right? That's what we know. All of these are, I don't know if it's through a hack. I mean, in, these things go way over my head when it comes to technology. I can't even imagine like what it even takes to hack somebody and figure this out. But as far as I know, this is all through a WhatsApp thread that has been either archived or are still on one of their phones and one of their phones has been hacked and they have access to all the text message plus the voice notes. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. It was robbed from Luis Rubiales, the, the Federation president's phone. He's hinted that he knows how or who, whether that was a hack or whether it was someone who had access to um, his phone. He's hinted that he knows who, who it could be, but um, logically isn't isn't revealing that publicly. But yeah, as um, someone got into Rubiales' WhatsApp messages, specifically with PK, it seems, and have been sharing written text, but mostly um, they communicated in, in voice messages. So that's how we've been able to hear um, not just what they've said to each other, but also the tone, which sometimes yeah. uh, is what is maybe most striking with some of these messages. Yeah, and th that's a big one for me too. The to we can hear the tone. We can actually hear the context. It's not it's not taken out of context. We're actually hearing it. Sometimes you see a quote and you're like, what could that mean? Is it just something in passing? Maybe it was a joke, but like you actually hear the conversation. It's very real and there's no misinterpreting in it. And also, it's really not being misinterpreted because PK himself has come out on Twitch and uh, doubled down in a way that I think was tone deaf and uh, a bad PR move. But, you know, it's just kind of confirmed in that sense. He's not even denying a lot of this stuff. So day one, El Confidencial is the ones who are leaking all these things. They put out the audio of a conversation between PK and Rubiales where they're negotiating um, on taking the Supercopa to Saudi Arabia. Um, and what I'm curious to get your thoughts on on this one, Ewan, is... What caught you? What caught what caught your ear? I guess with this one, listening to this, and also the the dividing of the of the payments in terms of who gets what out of these four teams. It's exactly that. It's the dividing of the 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 payments in the sort of lazy fair way that they go about it. Pique is saying to Rubiales, um, responding to to a message from Rubiales saying that Real Madrid might not be so keen for anything less than eight million euros, and Pique responds with, "Okay, cool, well." Real Madrid get eight, Barcelona get the same, so they get eight too, and then we'll give uh, we'll give like two or one to the other two teams. That's where the tone is important as well. The sort of the way that he um, sort of dismisses the other two teams, which that first edition was um, Atletico Madrid and Valencia, you know, two also huge clubs in in Spanish football. But it kind of just showed that um, from Piqué's point of view, it's it's Real Madrid and Barcelona that is going to sell the Supercopa, which is not a surprise. It's not untrue. 
but it's uh, quite amazing to hear a current player of one of those teams um, understand that concept and, and admit that. We already knew that PK and his company, Cosmos Holding, we already knew that they were involved in bringing the Supercopa to Saudi Arabia. This came out multiple years ago, 2019, I think it was, that initial report. We knew that. We just didn't know exactly um, that PK was even suggesting um, prize money amounts, participation amounts. Uh, to Rubiales, Mock El Confidential has, has also published is the exact categories for each of the teams. And the way they structure it is they don't say Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, get this amount, which in the end was 6 million, not 8 million, which PK said in the voice note. In the end, it was 6 million for each of them. But the way they do it is, ah, category A teams, which is teams that have X number of Copa do Reyes, leagues and international trophies, which is only Barcelona and Real Madrid. Then you have B, C and D to the point where Real Betis will be in the next Supercopa, they're a Category D team, and they're only going to get 750,000 um, because they haven't, for example, played in Champions League recently, won as many trophies, things like that. So that was quite striking to see um, that Pique uh, basically understands the duopoly of, of Spanish football, of Barcelona and Real Madrid, the power they have, and that the Federation president understands that too, and that this was so... We all know that Barcelona and Real Madrid sell uh, competitions, but to see it broken down this way so explicitly, um, that obviously creates a, a a bit of a divide in Spanish football. So it's like if you're if you're one of the two Spanish teams who are not Real Madrid and Barcelona who are in this Supercopa, like it's obviously not a surprise that. They they already know what they're getting, but and excuse my kids barging in. That <laughs> they're supposed to be napping right now. This is supposed to be a serious. It's podcast. a Saturday. It's it a is Saturday. a Saturday. I'm sorry, but uh, one thing that like it's one thing knowing you're gonna get that prize money that is obviously significant lower. Like that's not a surprise to them. But do you do you feel like when they hear the audio and they you they hear the tone of PK? Do you think they stand up to this? Do you think they're going to publicly take issue with this? Do you think they'll be like, well, forget you guys. We're not going to go they to did. the next one. Or do you think there's no... They okay, Phil, Diego fill us Simi- in on, on that. Diego, so Diego Simeone in his pre-match press conference ahead of Atletico Granada, um, that was on the same day of these leaks, and he was asked about it. And he said, basically, that you know that's, it's concerning. It's, you know, Atletico Madrid, one of those teams that more often than not will be uh, one of the others in the Supercopa. I think every edition so far they've... Um, been there, maybe not last year actually, but they were there uh, the first year this year and they're one of those other teams um, that don't get as much money and Simeone questions it openly, basically saying this is what we all suspected, that you know, um, Real Madrid and Barcelona get more money, bring more money to the Federation as well, which is important because there's also a clause where if either one of a Category A team which is Barcelona and Real Madrid only. If either one of them don't go, the federation gets five million euros less. So Simeone pointed out that this is this is a a controversial thing where the federation, um, which all the referees work for, um, makes more money if two particular teams go, which um, casts suspicion on refereeing, which is already so problematic in Spain. But um, it is logical to think that if a referee knows that the company they work for, which is a private entity, um, is going to make 10 million more or 5 million more for each of Barcelona and Real Madrid that goes to a Supercopa, maybe they're not going to blow a penalty, send someone off. Maybe they're not. You'd like to think they wouldn't. But it creates suspicion in the fans' minds, and that's already bad enough. And brought uh, when Simeone's words were brought up to Rubiales, he admitted that, no, that's true, and he's decided that he's going to try and make some changes in the contracts 
um, literally in response to Simeone's words, um, because he said that when you have a, a coach from a club as big as Atletico Madrid raising these points, that is a problem. So he has admitted that. So, so if, if we're moving chronologically here, I think before, correct me if I'm wrong, because this part I'm actually going by memory, but before mm-hmm. the day two leaks, did PK do his Twitch stream before that yeah. happened? So that right. was Monday night. So that was after Barcelona Cadiz, which was also awkward because... He was injured, he wasn't in the squad, and then Barcelona lost. So that also wasn't a great look that an hour after um, uh, Barcelona lost that he was he was talking to uh, um, the media on Twitch. Um, but that was on day one, and there's been leaks on, you know, free <laughs> throughout the week. So PK hasn't appeared publicly, even if he's had a few tweaks here and there, um, defending himself. But he did his, his public response to everything on day one, which was before um, a lot of the other leaks, such as the... We'll get onto it, I guess, but the the Olympic Games one, um, which I think is another of the the real headline grabbing leaks. That's right. So um, again, if I'm not, if I'm, I think I'm getting this in correct chronological order. I'm pretty sure, but I think the next one is what you're just speaking about right there. So um, this one I don't want to touch on, spend too much time on because it's not really related to Real Madrid as much, and mm. so maybe listeners to this podcast say, but but it's just for informational purposes. Uh, the second leak was he calls Rubiales and says, you have to make this happen for me. I'd love to play in the Olympics. And Rubiales says, basically, um, I'm not going to pressure the coach, and but I will put out the word. And PK goes on in the audios to say, make sure to keep this super confidential. If this leaks out, it's not good. Let's keep it between us. Uh, obviously, that <laughs> that that uh, did not come true. It was it was leaked. Uh, but any thoughts on on this one? Yeah, ironically, too, El Confidencial. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, which is you know kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, this one. Yeah, let's not spend too much time on it. It's quite simple. PK basically um, asking sort of for a favor, basically to um, for Luis de la Fuente, the the under twenty ones and Olympic team coach, to. Uh, make it known to him that he would be interested in going to the Olympics. Um, the defense for this one is that, well, with the Olympics and you get three overage players, well, it is a bit different, especially when it's players who have retired from um, Spain, such as Piqué, where um, De La Fuente might not know that Piqué was interested. So you do have to tell him you're interested in the first place, which is a bit different from normal national team when obviously everybody is interested. Um, but still, it's not a great look that Piqué has this relationship with Rubiales. And what really strikes me is that at the end of the audio, he mentions, oh, what a great deal we secured with Saudi Arabia about the Supercopa, which um, to just throw that in there at the end of asking a favour is is kind of tying the two things together, as in, I helped you get a really good deal for the Supercopa, right. which is true. No one's disputing that. 40 million euros is so much more than it was before. But to mention that when you're asking for a favour, um, this sort of um, blur some lines between Piki the businessman and Piki the player for a federation run by Rubiales. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. It's already like I, I, I've seen players, I've seen this become, I've seen this happen when players retire, you know, uh, when you're actually on the field still literally and you have a stake in your team as well financially in the tournament you're playing. And I mean, that's just, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Um, but out of curiosity, who were the three senior players called up to the Olympics that you, I don't, do you remember? I don't even think they were that senior. I think maybe Asensio counted as one, for example. Ceballos, okay. um, maybe. Yeah. Honestly, but yeah, Ceballos this, was one of them. Yeah. This um, this goes to show that De La Fuente won. Obviously, he's going to make the most of the rules, 
but he wanted his overage players to be, you know, maybe 23, 24, 25, yeah. not um, to have that dynamic like Brazil had with Dani Alves, which in the end worked because they won it. But yeah. Um, so I don't think he wanted to bring Pique or Sergio Ramos. And then the pandemic happened and it kind of changed everyone's yeah. plans anyway with the extended season. So in the end, of course, Pique and Ramos didn't go, but that it was even asked and that they have that, um, or that Pique has that direct line um, is a concern there. Day three um, is is not necessarily Real Madrid related, although Real Madrid fans will make it Real Madrid related because there's uh, an interesting way to link it. So <laughs> he Piquet complains to Rubiales that he didn't get a penalty in a two-two draw versus Real Sociedad in 2019. That was December 14th. That game was, and these ones are not audio files; they are text messages, right? Uh, yeah, um, these are. Yeah, yeah, screen grab text messages. Yeah. yeah. So these, this one, and this is the point, and in including managing Madrid, who have uh, in, have jumped in on the conspiracy on Twitter. This is four days before a Clásico, mm. and it's a Clásico that Real Madrid should have had two penalties. Baran has that famous picture where he has his entire thigh is just skid marks from cleats on his thighs. Real Madrid didn't get those calls, so Real Madrid fans, including managing Madrid, <laughs> have made this about them because. They're like, wow, this phone call came right before the Classico. He got his complaints in, and now these are... But So we don't have to go there, but I'm just mentioning it because it's the Managing Madrid podcast. But um, thoughts on this one. Day three, complaining about... Uh, and, and by the way, I, I to be fair, I think Real Sociedad fans will have their complaints about this one more than Real yeah. Madrid fans. Yeah. I think so, and it's, it's especially relevant because they published this one just before yeah. Real Sociedad versus Barcelona this week. How uh, intentional in- do you think that was? Uh, I think so. I think. Okay. I mean, I think they were going to publish it all this week, but to save it for just before that game, I think was. Um, I think that was intentional because this is one of the ones that will create more headlines. From my point of view, it's not one of the ones I'm. I'm most shocked about. We know this goes on. We know Rubiales has a direct line with many clubs, many players, many directors. He's even said it before. He wants people to bring complaints to him so that he can fix refereeing. There's been famous examples in the past of Florentino um, calling the federation after a certain call of other clubs, directors um, making calls, players um, who know Rubiales, we all know this kind of stuff was going on, but to see it laid bare um, so clearly, so an hour and a half after a game like that is is going to create headlines, it's a bit shocking and just as well, just again, you know, we see that it's um, it's written this one because Piki's in the plane and again, it sort of suggests that he knows what he's doing is not quite right because he's not going to sit in the Barcelona plane with a voice message complaining about um, penalties to the, the uh, president of the federation because he he would be heard by everyone else on the plane, even though they're his teammates. He knows that's wrong. So that's why I think maybe this one was um, was written text rather than a voice note because he was in a, a team plane. And I think that just shows again with a lot of this stuff, Piquet knows that what he's doing is not illegal, but it's not quite right. And we see that with um, uh, at the end of a lot of, these voice notes he mentions, you know, keep it confidential, don't let this leak out. And that, I guess, brings us on to the other of the main um, leaks, which is the the Sergio Ramos one when he forwards on the, the note from, from Ramos about the player union conflict. And that one, uh, when I saw Sergio Ramos's name, my heart kind of stopped. My heart sank. You know, as always. Yeah, I like... don't really like. I, I don't really like the way they did this. Just when they put the the Ramos voice message with his his uh, sort of face on it, where 
as as you hear the audio, they also have these little videos on social media where uh, the text is coming up as you as you listen. That kind of made Ramos look as if he was involved in this. Um, but it should be quite clear what Ramos said in his voice message was surprisingly um, clear, intelligent, yeah. staying out relief. of it. Big relief yeah. for, for um, me and other Real Madrid fans who have a halo on his head. Yeah, yeah. a relief in it for everyone who listened and took the time to to listen to it. But many people see that on social media and just think, ah, oh, Ramos is involved too. And it should be quite clear he was he was basically telling PK explicitly, look, this is not <laughs> this is not something for us to get involved in. Um, when there was the the conflict between the the player unions and um, Piqué was was trying to get a, a message of support from from Messi, his captain, and from Ramos, the Real Madrid captain, and Ramos nor Messi actually, to be fair, wanted to really get involved, and uh, Piqué forwarded that on to to Rubiales, um, and again said, "Look, let's keep this super confidential. Um, it's just for you. When you're saying things like this, you know that it's not it's not right." If you're Ramos or Messi and you see these leaks, how do you feel? Or do you already know that this happened? Uh, I don't think I don't think they know that this happened. I don't think they know PK's forward and messages to Rubiales. They know, I'm sure, that PK is is in contact with Rubiales. He's, you know, ask them for for favors coming from Rubiales. He they'll know that he's in in contact with him. But I don't think it's as explicit as as forwarding on a, a voice message, which. Um, which does cross some lines. So I think I think Ramos will be um, pretty upset with this one. Um, yeah, I mean yeah, a lot I... of the headlines reporting it called it just called it you know uh, for what it is basically PK be- betrayed uh, Ramos's trust and I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, I'm, I suppose like even asking that question, I feel silly now because obviously he doesn't know because PK very explicitly tells Rubiales keep this between us. Ramos does not know I'm sending you this, and Ramos doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> And I just dropped something. That's okay. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So he he obviously didn't know. He was um, he he was in the dark about this. And I, I think that I I do also wonder how Barcelona players and fans will feel about these messages. Um, and I also just it is kind of jarring to see how much power PK has. How do you how do you think within Barcelona they feel about this? Obviously, you know because. If I think if Barca fans have to choose between Messi and Piqué, not that there's really something between them or anything, I'm not implying that. I just don't know, but uh, I I do wonder how how they feel about this. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. I think we'll find out on Sunday night, their first home game since all this happened. Um, well, with the first home game with Piqué there against Rayo, looks like he's going to shake off an injury and play. We already saw against Real Sociedad he was whistled on the ball. His name was whistled when it was read out. Um, some fans threw something at him during the game, which that's just not on. Um, but we'll see what the Barcelona fans think because um, it really does kind of um, hurt the image of of their club. But at the same time, I think a lot of Barcelona fans will will be glad that they have a player like this who has been proactive in these kind of ways. You know, um, there'll be one half of Barcelona fans who love that he's complaining about a penalty they didn't get. Um, there'll be another half who think it's not his business. There was so many people as well who know that he'll probably be president one day. So um, don't want to, <laughs> don't want to criticize him too much just yet when um, they might have to end up supporting him in the future. So that's going to be interesting to see what that reaction's like at the, the Camp Nou against Rio. Although to be fair, um, I don't think there's going to be too many fans at the, at the Camp Nou for that game. So it might be a bit difficult to, to gauge anyway. 
Um, I have two more questions for you before yeah. we wrap it up here. One is, um, do you think this maybe supports the idea even more or, or is, a, is a cry for a player's union? Like, should we have players texting and being friends with Rubialis like this? Or should we have an organized union? Where that, I mean, not everything PK is talking about here is would be union-related, obviously. A lot of it is just personal interest. But do we organize the way we talk to the Federation or the league? Um, you know, I'm sure everyone would like to pick up the phone and call Rubialis and say, hey, put me in the Olympic squad, right? Um, well, there is a union. This is actually what some of the leaks are about, is about a conflict in the union, which Rubiales used to be the head of. Uh, AFE, the main players' union in Spain, he was the head of that before he became the president of the federation. Um, and one of the audios, the Ramos one specifically, is is talking about um, Aganzo, who became the, the new president of that union, um, his relationship with Rubiales. Uh, so... There is a proper means for these kind of things to go through a union, to be discussed. A lot of what uh, the leaks were about was um, when it came to the union was um, organising the calendar and how to pass having the Supercopa in January and not at the start of the season. That had to go through the players' union. So there are official channels. Um, but what we're seeing is that some players, well, PK um, specifically, but I'm sure it happens with other players too, are skirting around these official channels of the union to go directly to the man at the top. So to answer your question, there's not a need for a players' union because there already is one, but maybe some of the uh, communication lines there need to be tightened up because people are obviously not following it um, the way uh, ideally it would go through that union. I didn't know about the union, and I agree with your overarching point. Uh, question number two, uh, what's the aftermath? Is Do we just forget about this in a couple of weeks' time, or does this linger? I think we're already seeing that. I think the fact that Rubiales has come out and said, no, what Simeone said was right, that we can't have um, things like this structured this way. For example, he's already said he's going to change his salary, which um, he had a percentage, uh, a variable percentage in his salary, which depends on how much money the Federation makes from the Supercopa, which we now know the Federation makes more money if Barcelona and Real Madrid go. So breaking it down, putting it in other words, Rubiales makes more money if Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, go to the Supercopa, which means finish top two in La Liga or go to the cup final. He's admitted that actually, upon reflection, I understand um, why that doesn't look right. Um, so I think some changes will happen. I think it's more changes about how things look. Maybe there is a bit more um, evening of the prize money so that um, the smaller teams uh, don't have as much to complain about. I guess at the end of the day, they can't remove that clause from Saudi Arabia of the federation making less money if Barcelona and Real Madrid don't go because from Saudi Arabia's point of view that makes perfect sense of course they want to see Barcelona and Real Madrid but for the federation for the integrity of of the competitions um, it's not great for um, the biggest two clubs in Spain for it to be financially beneficial for the federation that those two clubs finish top two in La Liga top two in the cup so maybe some changes come in there um, uh, but I don't know how much they can do because at the end of the day you're not going to get more money from Saudi Arabia um, by removing that clause but at least Rubiales is changing his own contract um, because I think at the end of the day a lot of the changes that will happen is more about the aesthetics of it and how it looks um, because at the end of the day mm, the contracts yeah. are are kind of mm, legit and what you would expect from such a tournament. So 
uh, that contract runs until that because that was Saudi Arabia. Do you remember how when that runs out? It's like a decade. Yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. decade. No, okay. Longer. All right. So then it's too soon to talk about what comes after that. I thought it was a couple years or something, but if it's a decade, then I guess we're going to Saudi Arabia for ten years. So, mm. or whatever's left on that. So, Ewan McTier, thanks for your time, my friend. Uh, no enjoy a nice weekend in Madrid, whatever you have planned, and we will catch you next time. Thanks for your time. Take care, buddy. No problem. Take care. All right, before we wrap it up here and send you along on your way, we wanted to give a shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. They get a ton of bonus content, a lot of exclusive shows, and we wanted to say thank you. And also a specific shout out to these $10 plus patrons, because if you pledge $10 or more, you get a specific shout out on the podcast. In addition to getting guaranteed responses to your questions. So shout out to Brandon Alvarez. Uh... Let me scroll here. Willie Reed, Wade Pairing, Kwamik Jamal, Umar Mahadi, Tyler Simon, Tyler Dixon, Tobias Royal Botcher, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Dimala, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh, Shivam Tiwari, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil, Shabazz Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Lozano, Said Mahad, Rishi D, Phoenix, Patrick Odayafari, Oscar Barrera, Omar Ahmad, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Zapatero, Zubiare, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Masariego, Muxith Thangal, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Martin Ridman, Logan, Leon Stavernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Graham Gerard, Gary Kohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Christian Toff, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Carlos J. Silva, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Austin Fury Erdman, Ashik Bashar, Armando L., Antons Rudenko, Anirud Singh, Alexis Saniceros, Alex Rose, Al, Adar Zilukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Tarek Goktas, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. Thank you so much. We appreciate your love and your support. And until next time, Halamari.